Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest is Courtney Lee of the House on Longwood Lane. Um, I had a wonderful time getting to chat with Courtney and we did a little bit of talking about uh, conferences and WorkbenchCon, which is coming up next week. So that's kind of awesome. Um, and we just chatted, you know, mom life with two who are two and under and being able to make and get content out and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, before we hop into the um interview too much though i do want to give a shout out and a thank you to all of my patrons over on patreon so amy of bison valley carving brandy of studio obey kathy of one girl in our tools dan and kelly of reclaimed living store ellen of little bear furniture and ethan of ethan carter designs thank you all so very much for being a patron over there on patreon i really appreciate it if you think you might want to be a patron um, of the podcast and support it over there on patreon go ahead and go check it out at www.patreon and that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash maker mom podcast or even better follow us on instagram at at maker mom podcast hit the link in bio and then you can just hit join the tribe and you can check it all out um, but i will be doing these shout outs and thank yous to my patrons at the start of every episode so if you want to get uh, a shout out thank you at the start of every episode go ahead and become a patron all right, and then one more thing too before we get into the um, interview too much since WorkbenchCon is next week, I do want to make sure you guys are aware I will be there and um, I'll be doing a couple things while I'm there. So on Friday from 10.15 to 11.15 a.m., I will be moderating the Balancing Life and Work Mindset of It All panel with some really great guests. I'll have Ellen Smith, Little Bear Furniture, um, Caleb, You Can Make This Too, Char, The Wooden Maven, Chris, A Glimpse Inside, and Brandy, Eternal Harvest Decor. So make sure you come check that out and listen to all of these fantastic makers talk about what it's like to make, run a business, run a family, and some of them even have a full-time job on top of that. So I think we will be able to share a lot about balancing life and work together as best as we can. And then in the afternoon, both on Friday and Saturday, same time, I will be doing a power carving demonstration with my friend Ellen Smith, Little Bear Furniture. We're going to be a uh, Two women carvers over there with the uh, cuts all guys, so you can come check that out and uh, check out the demo from 1.15 to 2.15, uh, both days, Friday and Saturday, in the afternoon. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, 1.15 to 2.45 
on Saturday. And let me double check this. Well, you know, you guys are waiting for me to do this. And then 115 to 215 on Friday. So Friday we have an hour, Saturday we have an hour and a half. Uh, we will demonstrate using some of the tools and carving a couple different things. And then you guys can get to get dusty and dirty and try out the stuff yourself. So I hope to see you all stop by there. And if you can't stop by either one of those things, definitely make sure you find me and say hi. I will either be wearing a Freeman Furnishings t-shirt or a Maker Mom podcast t-shirt. So you should be able to find me pretty easy. Um, and I have teal hair. So that should also make me pretty easy to find. All right. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this episode 69 with Courtney Lee of House on Longwood Lane. Courtney, why don't we just start with, um, you know, having you give a little bit of an introduction about yourself. All right. Well, my name is Courtney. Um, I usually just go by first middle name basis, um, but Courtney Lee. Um, I am a DIY and home renovation blogger. Um Let's see, most of my uh, DIY stuff is more like furniture building, and um, I've most recently been known for all of my barn doors that I've been building in my house. Um, Let's see, what else? Well, I can't even remember your question. Here <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, and you have, because uh, we were talking beforehand, so you have two kiddos. Um, you want to share those age ranges there? Yes, I have two kids. I have um, a daughter, Liv. She is two and a half. And I have a son, Cash, who is three months old. So they are... Pretty close in age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm dealing with the two under two right now, but we're surviving. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it gets better, I promise. It really does. Um, all right. Well, before we get into, you know, how you got started in making, let's go back a ways back to your childhood. What was your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? So I actually grew up in Southern California. Um, so I did not do anything, um, you know, maker related. Um, neither did my dad. My dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. Um, most of really anything I did creatively was, you know, art, paint, that type of thing. So more crafting when I was younger. Um, but I didn't really, I was not influenced by my parents at all to get into woodworking or anything like that. Like they were all very surprised (laughs) when I decided to pick up power tools um, and to turn it into a profession, I guess. (laughs) All right. Um, So, but I mean, kind of painting, crafting, did that go carry through, I guess, like into high school and stuff like that? Or um, did you play sports um, or really. anything like that? Not really. I was actually um, a cheerleader growing up. So I did cheerleading and gymnastics. Um, and so I think that's where my, uh, you know, people personality and wanting to teach others. Um, I was actually 
like a, a cheer camp instructor. So, you know, like summer cheer camps, like that was where I was at every summer um, with, you know, teaching other kids how to do stuff like that. And so I have a, you know, affinity for teaching others. And I think that's kind of like where that carried over from my childhood um, into what I do now. Um, I definitely don't do um, any painting or really any crafting anymore. Um, it It's a lot more time consuming, I think. Uh, so it's a lot harder to do now that I have kids. It's a lot, it's a lot harder to make it enjoyable, I guess you could say. <laughs> but um, well, I mean, you said both your parents were teachers. So do you think that's what kind of carried over into the whole you enjoy teaching others? Maybe. I mean, I don't think I ever thought about it like that before, but I definitely could see a correlation between the two with wanting to teach others. I mean, my dad was a teacher, um, I think for like uh, 15, 20 years, possibly. Um, he was a teacher when he met my mom. <laughs> that was ages ago. Um, he's not a teacher anymore. Neither of them are, but um, I definitely think that there is a correlation between the two that I never put together. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, do, do you have any siblings that you grew up with? I do. I have one sister. Uh, she's two years younger than me. Uh, she still lives in Southern California with all the rest of our family. Um, I don't really talk about her much. Um, I don't know why, though. A lot of people are actually surprised when they say I have a sister. They're like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, but she looks nothing like me. <laughs> uh, has she gotten into any kind of DIY crafting or any of that sort of thing? No, she is not into anything like that whatsoever. Um, she's kind of an introvert, so she's definitely more likes to keep to herself. Um, but she's actually. Uh, a lot more into like theater and acting and stuff like that. She's very, she's very much into musicals and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> she's oh. very outgoing um, with her personality. Like once you kind of get to know her, but she's definitely not into the same type of things that I am, but she does respect them and loves to share about, you know, everything that I am doing. So awesome. she supports me in that way. <laughs> good, good. Well, okay, so what did you do post high school? Um, I went to college for uh, cheerleading. No, for cheerleading. <laughs> no, I did not major in cheerleading. <laughs> but I went, I went to college and I got a degree in um, business marketing, marketing management um, from the University of Memphis. Um, so that is how I ended up over here in Tennessee. Um, and then I cheered in college as well. Uh, that's actually why I came over here was for a cheerleading scholarship. Um, so post high school, college, cheer. Um, and then I got like a, you know, that big girl job that you get straight out of college. <laughs> and then, um, that actually kind of, uh, helped fuel um, where I am right now, surprisingly. Um, I used to work for a commercial uh, development and construction company. So um, 
I actually would bid out all the projects that we were building on. And so I would learn, you know, what type of things go into a project as far as um, for building something from the ground up. So I think that sparked uh, something in me to want to fix our own home. And so I knew what went into the process of all of that. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I mean, we, we did actually residential stuff too. So, um, but, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, well, that's a good segue into, so how long have you been, you know, a maker doing the DIY home renovation stuff and how did you first get started? Like what was your first project? So, um, I, when we moved to uh, Tennessee, I was like telecommuting with my job from North Carolina where we had been previously. Um, that was where we moved after we got married. And um, then I got pregnant. Uh, instead of coming back after my maternity leave, I decided to um, pursue blogging. And it was kind of like a hobby. And I was like, okay, you know, we bought a house. I'm going to share with everybody, you know, all the projects that we're going to be doing in the house to make it our home and make it like ours, basically. And it took me a year before I hit publish to make my blog live. Like I was so scared for an entire year until I went live with it. I don't know why it took me so long. I really wish I would have done it sooner. Um, but I worked with them for um, two and a half, three years. And then we bought our house in 2016. Um, so then I started blogging in the summer of 2017. Um, and it initially started out with loving finding vintage finds and refinishing furniture. Um, like, you know, the whole chalk paint saga, when that was super, super in its prime. Um, that was definitely where I was at, too. And then it slowly turned into, um, I could possibly build that, too. Uh, let me try. I don't have power tools, so let me borrow them from somebody else. Um, and that, and that was kind of where it started. And then it turned into, I could definitely make that cheaper. So I'm going to try doing that, which then morphed into other women could do this too. It's not that hard. It's not as hard as everybody thinks it is. And so I realized that there weren't a lot of other women, you know, building and making and it, and it's not really, the typical stereotype that you find in that type of field. And um, actually, Anna White was the very first person I found online. And she's also a military spouse. And then I also found Jen Woodhouse. And she was also a military spouse. And I was like, you know what? I was like, if these women can do this, I was like, I could totally do this. It is so possible. So I definitely credit those two into inspiring me to, to uh, start doing all of this. But um, I have only been blogging since July of 2017. And I really got my, I guess, um, 
I guess the fire was really lit under me when I went to my very first uh, DIY conference. Um, I had never been to a conference before and I was like, you know what, I'm, I've been doing this for a few months now, like really trying to do it. I was like, I feel like I should learn more like, and like, if I really want to pursue this. So my husband backed me on. He's like, you know, if you really want to do this, go like, give it your all, you know, don't, I don't know if I can curse. Don't half-ass it, basically. <laughs> um, so I went to the conference, and um, it was Haven, actually, was the very first conference I went to. And in two, 2017, uh, Home Depot actually brought back the Orange Taint competition. And I entered into it. Like, they had three different categories, so I submitted a project for each one. I was like, oh, cool if they pick it up. Like, I don't really understand what this is anyways. Um, and then I got an email two weeks before I was leaving for the conference saying that I was a finalist and that I was going to be presenting my project to a panel of judges. And I was like, what did I just do? I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, my heart was racing, you know, like, cheeks are flushed. Like, I was like, oh, this is terrible. Why did I do this? Um, so my very first conference ever, I was going to be speaking and pitching a project in front of a panel of Home Depot people. And I just, I was so nervous. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't know anybody at this conference. Um, but I did confide in a few women that I actually like kind of like I knew of them online. And then I met them in person while I was there, like, you know, fangirled over them. And they actually ended up, like, supporting me while I was giving my uh, presentation for my project. And then I actually won my category. So that is kind of, I feel like, where I really got into the business side of blogging. That was my very first project was our Carolina room, which is a sunroom for a lot of people um, that I remodeled with them. And that just like lit a fire under me. And I was like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. And show other women that they can do this too. That is so, it is not as intimidating as you would think. And especially like I, I've done it through two pregnancies and showed other women that they could do that too. And I think that really helped. They're like, well, I'm not even pregnant, so I could totally do this. But, so that's, that's really where it started. That's, I mean, that's awesome. So I have to, okay, so when you decided, you know, after maternity leave, like, you're going to get into the being a blogger, like, what, how did you even, how are you even, I guess, like aware of that? That it was you know, a like, thing? Yeah, that it was a thing. Okay, that that is actually a very common question. Like people who see other others that do this and they, I guess they don't really understand that, that it is a job. It is a, it is a thing that you can make a living off of and, and you know, do it for real. Um, actually, uh, Liz Galvin from Liz Marie blog. Um, I subscribed to her blog a really long time ago. And I remember she had written a post about going to a DIY conference. And then she was talking about how, how you can talk to brands and actually get paid to produce content for them while 
receiving products like for these like partnerships and collaborations and and I really didn't understand like what she meant by like a partnership and collaboration and and when she was talking about like oh I'm working with this person to do this and I was like I don't really understand like what they're talking like what do you mean you're working with them like they actually like are giving you money to do this like and so because she was so open with it online and that expressing that going to this conference was how like very beneficial for her. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that one. If anything, like, like I want to go to that one. And I, I watched people go to it for two years until I decided to actually go to it when we moved here to Tennessee. Um, and it was like, I thought it was so much fun. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a few hundred dollars. I was like, this is going to be so expensive. I don't know if I should do this, but it has paid back time and time again. Like it was like, so I would definitely, like if anybody ever wants to get into this type of stuff, I definitely think going to a conference like that, like that is really how I understood more the back end of it because a lot of times we just see the front end like I was definitely in the audience for all of these people who were influencers and I had no idea what that even was so I def it definitely came about because people are open online like there are some that actually explain you know what we really do on the back end mm-hmm I mean, so it sounds like since you even like knew about that conference that when you started blogging, like your intent was to turn it into a business. I think, I think subconsciously it was my intent to turn it into a business. In the beginning, it was a lot of, I, I want to share, you know, stuff with other people. And I thought, okay, the more you share maybe that's like how people like get to work with other companies and stuff like that. I don't think I ever thought I would get paid because I don't think I realized like you could get paid for stuff. I thought there was only like free stuff basically that you get and that's it. Like it's like that's how it works. And I was like, I don't really know how those people can pay for their house when all they get is free stuff. <laughs> but I think subconsciously I I wanted to make a living out of it I mean on this on the side I was doing you know um design consulting like through online creating mood boards that type of thing like for friends family like um and they would refer me so I would I started like getting like a small like clientele like so I was doing that making money and I think I really intended on making money that way and not by blogging in the beginning but then it subconsciously turned into, oh, I could actually make money doing what I love. So what was it that held you back from having, like, for almost going a year before you had your blog be live? Like, what was holding you back from doing it? Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Engram types. I am a type one. So that is like perfectionist. Everything has to be like 100% before you can just like show it to the world basically. Um, so like 
and that has like evolved into just like the the way I am as a person that I never really realized that's how I am I just always thought man I, I want this to do like really I wanted to do really well because it's a reflection of myself and so I felt like it needed to be I needed to be a hundred percent with it before I could share that with other people because as soon as you put yourself out there online you're vulnerable and I thought okay it has to be like I have to be okay with it then if I'm gonna let other people into what I'm creating like into my personal life um and I also didn't know that you could hire a website developer so I learned on YouTube (laughs) how to create a website and I mean it looks good now like after a year of learning how to do it yourself so that takes DIY to a whole new level of (laughs) building your own website but uh, I think that's definitely why I waited so long because I it needed to be perfect for me but looking back at it I I wish I would have just just went live with it, you know, maybe after I established, you know, a few things got like a general idea of like what it was that people were coming to the blog for, and then just like work on it from there. I mean, I'm a little bit more relaxed now with stuff. Like I will, you know, write a blog post and then I will go back, you know, later and like edit some SEO stuff, you know, fix a few things here and there, just like, and I keep going back and like editing things like to make them better, knowing that like, it's okay. It's not going to be perfect the first time. Mm-hmm. I think that comes with, um, the more kids you add to the picture, like the more relaxed you are about like the reality is, okay, I have this like hour right now. I need to get this done and out right now. And it's not going to be perfect, but. It needs to be oh, yeah. like it's, I always tell my husband, I'm like, it's either the house or it's, you know, work stuff. I'm like one or the other. There's never like, oh, we're going to have a beautifully clean house and I'm going to be all caught up on my to-do list. And I was like, heck no, it's one or the other in our house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what was like, what was the first time you picked up a tool so the very first thing I ever built was a flower box a planter um I used a hammer and some two inch nails that were way too big for it and that was the first thing I ever made and it was so awful (laughs) um I didn't know that you had to um find straight boards So I just picked up the first one off of the pile and I was like, this looks good. And I took it home or I know I had them cut it there. So I did learn that the very first time I was like, you know, I don't have anything to cut this. And they're like, oh, you can cut it here at the store. I'm like, oh, perfect. Oh gosh. I bought the most like warped boards ever. And I didn't buy like the cheap stuff either. And I, cause I didn't know, but it was a a really bad flower box is what I made. My hammer was the very first thing I used. <laughs> uh, I have it to remind me of how terrible <laughs> it was. 
So it's funny that you mentioned the whole, like, you know, the store cuts it. I was just at Lowe's this weekend with, I took my youngest, my daughter with me, and we were getting just some construction lumber to, we hung a climbing rope from the trusses in our basement for the kids to, yeah, for the kids to swing on and and climb on. And uh, so I was just picking up woods, wood to create the little beam or whatever that was going to put up there and it's like I totally have the tools at home to cut this but I don't feel like doing it I'd rather have them cut it and take it home and be easy but we're standing in line at the saw and it's all women in line and there was one other mom there with with her daughter and it was just kind of one of those things I was like this is actually really cool to see that like all these women at the you know at Lowe's getting stuff to do projects this weekend um but I wanted to say I I appreciated watching there was a woman there with her daughter and she was getting materials to make a stage apparently for the daughter Mm -hmm. um and I appreciated the guy who was running the saw like took a couple of her boards and put them and was about to cut them he's like you know these are really warped. Let me go grab you some that are like really nice and straight and cut them for you. And I was like, now that's a good guy. Like, you know, that's somebody who's like probably is aware that, you know, this person, whether yes, it was a woman, but it totally could have been a guy, but didn't understand that you should dig through the pile and find the straight ones you know and I thought that was really nice of them to do that Um, that is really nice it's definitely not common knowledge like I didn't know like I like now thinking about it I think in every tutorial that like I've looked at that you know I haven't written like over the years like I don't think that's something that's like prominently stated like look for straight boards Mm -hmm. like that's, I mean, that's a really, really good point. Like I made a post too a while ago, probably over a month ago now, about just like vocabulary when talking about wood, depending on where you're at. Like if you're at a Home Depot or Lowe's or any big box store like that, you're going to talk about wood in like two by fours. That's what you're going to call it, you know, when you're picking a two by six, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a true like lumber yard you know to pick up or a sawmill to pick up wood you have to talk in terms of like board feet and buying four quarter or eight quarter and understanding that and so I put a post out there just explaining some of that stuff because I'm like you'll get a lot less looks uh, and people thinking you're dumb if you can talk in in the terminology that you need to talk in depending on where you're at but that's a really good point that you make that nobody talks about. Yes, when you're at the big box stores, like you're probably going to work your way till you get to halfway through that stack before you find a piece of wood that's even remotely straight. And yeah. some of the people that work there might get really annoyed with you watching you like oh all God. the way every through the pile. Go, every time I go into the lumber section, like they know me. There's one girl. So there's only two people in my Home Depot that know what I do. Like, I don't tell anybody else. 
And there's this one guy, every time he sees me in the lumber section, he's always like, oh, what are you building now? And like, he's so curious. And he's like, are you sure you like that size for like what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, I think it'll work. I think it's going to look okay. Like (laughs) I have my whole list of everything that I'm getting and I'm just like, it's going to work. It'll be okay. And and I remember I was looking for a, a straight, like one by two in like the, oh, the, the ones that are just never, you're never going to find a straight one. And I found like eight and this guy, I, this guy was in there looking too after I had already put the whole pile back <laughs> on there. And I was like, oh man, I, was, I just, I was like, oh, he's, he doesn't know that he has to go through all of those. I just went through I felt so bad. I was like, how many do you need? I was like, here. I was like, you can take these ones that I, that I have. I was like, if you only need one, like, here, take right, them. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, yeah. No, but it's, it is surprising, though, that, like, I feel like I need to go back and I need to edit some stuff, like, for common knowledge. I think the, the more that I get into this, like the deeper I get into like different types of tools that, you know, that make it easier, you know, to build things like aren't necessarily something that somebody that's a beginner would go out and buy because it's hundreds of dollars. Right. So I, I definitely think I need to be a little bit more obvious, I guess. And, in that aspect. I feel like everyone's on the same page as me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it can be hard too, especially if you've been doing it for a while to stop and think and remember Mm -hmm. being a novice and like not having those years of knowledge under your belt. Right. Yeah. Just like we can look, I mean, just like we could talk to somebody who's been woodworking or doing home renovations or whatever for 20 years and they're probably going to talk about things that we have no clue about just because we don't have that experience level and they don't remember what it was like being in our spot so yeah well and I I definitely agree I mean I went to a workbench conference last February for the first time I was like one of 20 women there they're like male dominated conference. Let's talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's a world of difference from Haven. I haven't been to Haven yet, but I went the last two years to workbench and I'll be there this year too, next week. But um, yeah, they're definitely two different clientele. Uh, they definitely the are. Um, I, I felt like I could not uh, entirely be myself because I'm a little bit more I'm very feminine and I think that that comes off strange to I guess to men that I love working with power tools um which I get I mean there's not a lot of very very feminine women who like power tools as much as I do (laughs) but um I do remember I went to one class and they were talking about like different types of angles for like video and talking about like dovetails and all this other stuff. And I was like, I don't do that. Like, what is that? So I was like, Oh, I know what that is. I was like, Oh, that's like, I was like, 
I was like, there's a different type of woodworking. And I was like, and that's not what I do. I was like, I do very like beginner, intermediate things that you don't need to buy that's super, like I try to do minimal tool projects because that's my, that's my audience. Mm -hmm. So I remember going to this class and they were talking about like different video angles. So I was like, oh yeah, I want to get into video. And then after watching that, I was like, mm, no, I was like, I cannot do that right now. <laughs> but there, so they, there was a lot more fine woodworkers that were at that conference. And I definitely respected that. And then I felt weird calling myself a woodworker because I didn't do that type of woodworking. So, I don't know. Felt weird. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I could totally see that. I mean, I call myself a woodworker, but I am, to your point, not a fine woodworker. Um, the most sophisticated joinery I will do are dowels. <laughs> That's like it right now, you know, versus. I, mean, I will do dowels like for my home projects, yeah. but if I'm going to teach somebody else how to do something, I'm going to use like pocket holes. Yeah, exactly. And I do. And I mean, I make furniture and sell it and you know, I will do a uh, pocket hole joinery for that furniture too. Cause I'm like, unless somebody's going to be like jumping up and down on this thing, like <laughs> a million times a day for years, <laughs> then it's going to hold up. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and because I make furniture and sell it, I understand that most of my customers are not educated enough to know the difference in the different types of wood joinery. And secondly, mm -hmm. they definitely aren't educated enough to pay me for the time it would take for me to master making dovetail joinery. They, oh. they will never pay me the amount of money that would be required to pay me back for how much time it will take me to learn how to do that so that it's beautiful. Um, and they won't take me, they won't pay me for the amount of time it takes me just even if I'm a master at it to get it done because it's, it's a time. I mean, it takes time to cut those joints, even if you are super awesome at it. You know, now they have like router jigs and stuff like that that can save you time. Mm -hmm. But those aren't hand cut dovetail joints. Yeah. And so it's like people just, it's understanding whether you're blogging or whether you're selling your product. It's understanding the audience of people that you are basically selling to, right? Or that exactly. That and that, that was to. something that I learned at going to that conference and talking to other people. And they're like, you know, why don't you start, you know, teaching other people how to do this and this and this and like all these different types of like joinery and like using like epoxy and stuff like that. Like epoxy is like a huge, huge thing right now. And I, I was like, my audience doesn't want to do epoxy. I was like, my audience is probably, you know, um, mostly women, 90, 96% women is my audience. And most of them are moms and they don't have time or they're people that you know want to save a little bit of money and not go out and buy you know expensive furniture if they could maybe get the same look for you know a fraction of the cost so doing 
dovetail joinery isn't really going to help in getting that fraction of the cost with all of the equipment that you need, like all the power tools that you need to buy. And so like me explaining that to these people, they're like, Oh, I get that. But like, wouldn't you want to like broaden your audience? And I was like, no, I was like this, I was like, I love the, the beginner intermediate audience. Like I love teaching the basics because like always going back to the basics, like even though I've been doing this for a few years now, like I feel like I'm, I'm just making like honing in on my skill, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, obviously that's not to say that in another 10 years, that you aren't in a different place or a different space and want to grow. And perhaps you've educated all of your audience up to that point and they grow with you, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's nothing to say you can't grow, but yeah, if you know your audience and it's what you love to do, there's nothing wrong with staying in that space. Yeah, exactly. I definitely agree. So what, uh, what is your shop space like? Um, a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I do not have a dedicated shop space. Um, we have a two car garage and my husband and I share it, but I have overtaken it with all of my wood, my scrap pile, like, if you want to play like a scrap pile game, like I could just win out everybody. Like it is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it's basically my garage and I have some old cabinets from our master bathroom. Actually, no, it was from a, our Jack and Jill bathroom when we remodeled. Took them out, put some plywood over them, screwed it into the top of the cabinets. That's where my miter saw sits. I found these like metal uh, stacking shelves from like a vintage thrift store that I'm sure somebody would love to have in their home. And it's just got screws and a bunch of random stuff in it that I use. And an old uh, locker that my husband brought from work. And it has all of like my power tools and stuff in it. I mean, it's nothing fancy. It does the job right now, but I definitely want to upgrade it this year. That's definitely on my, my projects for 2020 is creating an actual space to build. Cause right now it's some standing on things to cut things and, <laughs> and trying to maneuver my way around everything. And I definitely think having a dedicated space will help creatively as well. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to tell my husband. So that I can get all his workout equipment out of the garage. <laughs> well, I wish you all the best of luck of winning that <laughs> battle. <laughs> oh, it's hard right now. It's a hard no from him still. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's your kind of like, what are your like go-to most used slash favorite tools to work with? Um, Number one is probably a brad nailer. It has, I don't know why I never bought one in the beginning. It's made my life so much easier. I was like, oh, I could use just a little nail there, a little nail here. 
<laughs> but um, with home renovation, that has just saved my butt. I did not know that, like, I think it was from trial and error is a lot, like, how I learn, which how most people learn. But it's been, like, bad trial. <laughs> um, but having a brand new has definitely helped with a lot of the the home reno uh, situations and has helped with very simple like DIY projects as well. Um, I love my miter saw. It's the same one I've had since I started. I actually got it from a pawn shop for Valentine's day from my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely would love to upgrade to like a table saw. I still don't have one, but I also drive like a small SUV and I try to shove four by eight sheets of plywood in my car. So that's a work in progress, but uh, Brad Miller, miter saw, and my, oh, what else? I would definitely say circular saw, because that's, that's the only way I can rip plywood right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but All I'm right. definitely going to be upgrading this year, hopefully. So what's at the top <laughs> of your I, I want to buy list? table saw I was gonna buy one during Black Friday and I was so nervous I was like no I should buy it I should buy it it's 30% <laughs> off buy it I was like no I should wait uh, then I had the mom voice in the back of my head you know what you could buy with $300 <laughs> you could buy some clothes and some shoes for your kids you know, I think the hardest thing is like the mom guilt sets in when you want to, you know, invest in yourself and, but then there's other things that you can invest in like for your kids. Like I, instead of buying a new power tool, I bought gymnastics lessons for my daughter. So. Yeah, I definitely understand that. <laughs> it's give and take and, and it's hard to take sometimes. That's right. <laughs> But also on the flip side of that, if having extra patience and sanity and the room within your like mindset to like shower your kids with love, if that comes from that new tool and getting extra time in the shop to make, then like that's an investment worth making, I think. I totally agree. Yes. I get very, very grumpy with my children if I haven't had any time to make for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you on that. <laughs> Adds table saw to cart. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So, I mean, you, like I said before, are in the thick of it right now. You've got two kiddos, two and under. Um, so like, how are you managing with them and trying to make slash blog? I mean, cause creating content's making too. So like, how are you managing all of that? Um, I think the key word is managing. It's, <laughs> um, I mean, right now it's kind of like whenever I, have time. I've, I've never been one to time block because I'm not that organized. Um, I really wish I was because I know a lot of people who do that and they just get so much done. 
Um, but my daughter does go to like a pre preschool type thing, um, during the week. So I have my days with just my son and I. So when he is napping, then I will, you know, crank out stuff that I can actually do like in the shop kind of thing. And then I also have the baby monitor on him while I'm out there so I can watch him. Um, but a lot of the backend stuff like uh, blogging and getting content ready is done in like the wee hours of the night um, because he's still kind of like in the newborn stage and just kind of I'm up later because I know he's going to be eating later still. So I just work after she after Liv goes down for bed. Um, it's just kind of whenever I can, you know, get it in type of thing and it and I know I can only do it like that for so long before I get burnt out because I there's no there's no off time right now especially because you know my husband is gone so I'm single parenting right now so that there's no there's no extra help so I can do something right while he's you know up (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah it's it's definitely learning I mean I I had a I had a you know management type schedule going like when it was just my daughter and I and I was able to like get a lot of things done like schedule when I was going to do projects this and that but definitely adding another kid to the mix it changes a lot of it because their needs are so different. So you have to try to juggle their needs on top of your own needs. And sometimes, you know, your own needs just take a back seat because, you know, that's parenting. Yeah. There was like, you know, I think it might've been a meme or something like that, that I saw that just made me chuckle. Cause it's like it, it makes me think of like the period of time like that you're in right now where it's like, yes, of course I will continue, you know, to hold my pee. I haven't gone for like four hours, but I will continue <laughs> to hold it so that I can get your like juice and your water oh and, your gosh, and your snack. Is, and like, that is literally my <laughs> life right now. Yeah. Like I remember getting my daughter a snack and she wanted me to sit down in her little chair next to her. And I was like, no, mommy has to go to the bathroom. And she just like lost her mind. And I was like, Sure, let me just no not go to the bathroom and I sit here with you and just hope that I don't pee my pants. Like, yes. Sure. Yep, yep, that's like the real struggles. And um yeah, it's it's something I don't think many people talk about. Like I I heard like, oh, it's not that big of a deal going from like one kid to two kids. And I'm like, nope. You're wrong. After the second kid came, I'm like, no, that's a negative. <laughs> that is that is negative. Like it's it's it takes some serious time to adjust to having to. And to your point, like they're at different stages in their lives, and so there's different types of needs from each of them, and mm-hmm. managing all of that. Because um, because even when even when your spouse is home, I mean, a lot of it, especially with your son being so little, like, even, you know, if your spouse is home and they're super helpful and in it and everything, it's like, 
that baby still wants mom 99% of the time. So, um, oh, and then like if you're breastfeeding or anything like that, that's like time that you can't really offload know. to anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Not like I can be like, here, honey, you feed him. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, I've had a hard time with that, I think. Um, and a lot of the time my mind is always racing about things that I need to get done. Um, like I'll be feeding him. And I'm like, I could be, you know, working on the back end for this content. I could be scheduling stuff right now. Um, and I think I'm always thinking about things that I could be doing and I always feel like I'm wasting. And it, it sounds really, I, I don't want to sound cruel, but I feel like when we do a lot of things for our kids, sometimes we think if, if we're not taking out enough time for ourselves, we think we're wasting time like doing things with our kids because we're not taking any time for ourselves. Yep. No, and I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. And I'm sure anybody listening who's a parent will totally understand what you're saying. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, you're in that, you, you are in the very rough part. <laughs> Of it. I'm not gonna lie, I do cry a lot. And it's not because I'm like sad. It's like, you know, yeah. like being a woman, like that's like one of the ways where I let my frustration yeah. it's I can't help it. You know, I, I feel better after I cry. Yeah. Even though, you know, I'm not I'm not dying. I'm yeah. I'm healthy. We're we're semi happy right. most right. of the time. You know, right. so I just gotta let it out. No, oh, my my daughter, my youngest, um she had ear and adenoids and all those types of problems and they can't really do anything with that until they're like, you know, a year. And so the first 14 months of her life, she did not sleep for any longer than an hour and a half at a time, whether it was during the day or whether it was at night. Oh so I was like just a walking shell of a person by the time like she got to that because I was like, just so exhausted. And there were many a time, um, and you know, my wife knows this cause I've said it in her presence. Like, you know, my youngest is getting up for the millionth time in the mil middle of the night. I've had barely any sleep and she's like laying next to me and like snoring. I'm like, you have no idea how many times you almost got punched in the face. Like I just wanted to reach over and punch you in the face. Cause I was so frustrated. I feel oh. like I'm, I might be one of the few, but like, I was like, okay, if I have to get up, you have to get up. So I was like, <laughs> you're changing the diaper because I have to feed him. So that was like, that's how it was with my first and we did it with my second too. And I was like, I like it that way because I don't want to get up. I'm going to stay in the bed. You just give them to me when you're ready. <laughs> that is a pretty, that is a pretty good system. Um, I felt so the... We, we're yes. both the same amount of tired and you're exhausted. both exhausted. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, like, yes, I, I could definitely do it all. But you know, if, if he, you know, actually wakes up when I smack him, like, Hey, wake up. He go change the paper. He's awake. But sometimes, no, he just didn't. He's so in, deep in his sleep that yep. it wasn't happening. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I feel your pain. You are not alone. <laughs> Um, all right. So what is your favorite part about 
being a maker DIYer? I think my favorite part is, I, oh, that's like two, two things. I have like <laughs> two things are like my favorite part about it. I love being able to create something out of nothing. And it's really a very like creative experience, like creating something out of nothing. Like, hey, that's like a physical piece of furniture or like, like I think it's amazing that you can create something out of like a pile of wood. Um, and the other thing is, um, I really like teaching. I really like showing other people that they can do it too. That you really don't have to have like the most expensive stuff to do it. You don't have to have a ton of money. You just have to have patience <laughs> and you just have to be confident that you could do it. And I think sharing that with other people is like one of my favorite things. That's awesome. What's your favorite part about being a mom? I would say um oh gosh I lost you what happened <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry no problem <laughs> um my favorite thing about being a mom would have to probably coincide with being a maker um I love that my daughter has been here to witness all of it, even though she might not remember, because she's always going to be able to see that, you know, there is no stereotype with things. Like if you want to do something, you can do it. Like it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, or if you're short or if you're tall. I mean, I could not tell you how many times I picked up a four by eight sheet of plywood and somebody thought I was insane and was going to kill myself in Home Depot because it's so like, it's I'm five one and it's huge. Like, so, but I, I definitely think it's showing, showing her that she can do it too. Showing her that, you know, mommy made this and, and you can do it too if you want to do it. And definitely pursuing Pursuing something I love, I think she, I hope that she wants, I, I have two kids and I'm like talking about my daughter the whole time, but, <laughs> but she's definitely, he's, he's just, he's just like ripened three months. He's, he's so a, new though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's so new. It's hard to talk about him. Like he's been here for forever, <laughs> but she's definitely been here for a lot of it. And I, I really like that she's been able to experience all of it with us. Um, and I think it's made me a better parent by showing her, you know, even though she she doesn't know what's going on. Like, I I will be proud to show her, you know, what I've done. Mm -hmm. Well, you have, like, the best stuff yet to come, you know. my My youngest is four. Um, and is in preschool, and I made something last year for her school, and I'm working on making her something now for her school, you know, and that's something like, and and they asked if I had wood to bring in so the kids could do like some hammering and stuff like that, and she's just like, 
so super proud of like my mommy made this and my mommy makes that you know and that type of thing and and my oldest is the same way you know they're both to their <laughs> to their credit they'll tend to be like if their friends are like hey we should you know we need this or whatever both kids are piping right in like oh mom can make that i'm like well let's just Hold on, on some of those things that mom can make but um. I think I secretly hope my my daughter's like I want to grow to be like mom when I get old like I yeah. like oh my gosh like my heart would explode if she said that but because I wanted to be just like my dad when I grew up like I like I adore both my parents and I feel like if your kids say that about you, then it just like, it says something like, oh, I did it right. They don't hate me for yelling all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And both my, both kiddos got to use a drill for the first time this weekend when we uh, put the rope up in the basement. They were watching me do the drill. And so they're like, can we do it? And I was like, all right, I think it's time. You know, of course I ha like, held it steady and stuff for them while they did it but um I think my favorite thing is that when my daughter sees power tools in our house she says mommies she says that's mommies I'm like, that is mommies that is right <laughs> I, I just put up some blinds in our living room or living room in our master bedroom and the power drill is sitting on the floor and she picks it up and she says mommies <laughs> thank you <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Courtney, we're like at the end of our time. It's been an hour already that we've been chatting. So it, it, um, feels like it went by really quick. It I don't think we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> went by super quick. But um, I wanted to give you a chance uh, before uh, we head out to let people know how they can find you on all of the uh, interwebs. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Courtney Lee, or you can find me over at my blog at uh, houseonlongwithlane.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. Well, thanks for having me on. I feel like we're best friends. We <laughs> had it like we were, <laughs> like we hadn't seen each other in a while. That's right. All right, all right, all right. That was, again, Courtney Lee with House on Longwood Lane. And I will include ways for you to follow along with Courtney over in the show notes. And again, if you just follow along, Maker Mom Podcast, at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram, hit link in bio, and you can find the show notes for this episode and all the previous episodes. So you can follow along with not only Courtney Lee, but all of the other amazing Maker Moms that we have had on the show so far. All right. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic Friday. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And uh, have a great weekend. And I will see you next week at WorkbenchCon. If you can't make it, there will be an episode. An episode 70 will be released um, next week while I am at WorkbenchCon. So don't worry. You will still get an episode. And uh, have a great weekend. I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.